Howdy. Today on CCC Hardcore, we're going to be hearing some more interviews from backcountry cornerers from the 2018 season. We're going to be hearing from our fiddle player. We're going to be hearing from a uh, U.S. Army veteran. We're going to be hearing from somebody who traded a lucrative marketing career in New York for the mountains and more. So stay tuned. Howdy, welcome back to CCC Hardcore. Uh, it's been a while since we've pushed anything out. Um, had some technical difficulties, lost some stuff that I had recorded, um, and it's taken me this long to get back into a uh, studio to re-record. Uh, but anyway, we'll be catching up with the rest of our 2018 Backcountry Trail Crew interviews. Um, the views expressed on this podcast represent those of the host and the guests and do not necessarily represent the views of the California Conservation Corps or its sponsors. And with that, we'll get right back to the interviews because every core member has a story worth sharing. And the first person we're going to be hearing from is Dane Sheeler, who is the fiddle player on most of the uh, music that you're going to be hearing that was recorded live at the Backcountry Debrief. So your name again? Dane Sheeler. And what crew are you on? I was on Yost Dos. Yost Dos. All right. Um, what did you do before the Backcountry? I worked carpentry and construction down in Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay. School down there. Okay. How'd you find out about the program? I had a friend on Yostos in 2003. Oh, wow. And uh, I knew her in the music community, and she told me to do that once I got finished school. Okay. So I, I applied afterwards. and. Right on. Uh, yeah. School, did you finish college? Or? I did. All right. What's your degree? It's in public relations. Okay. From Appalachian State. So. Uh, I was in my last semester mm-hmm. um, of college, and I was graduating in the fall, and I hadn't had anything lined up. So I was just applying to different things, trying to line up work. And I thought, heck with it. Uh, I sent in an application kind of forgot about it, really. Didn't really think. I thought it'd be cool if I got it. And then okay. just got a call later that sp- this past spring. Okay. Sure. Right I, on. I guess I'll do it. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Um, so where did you go in Yosemite? All over, like at the beginning. We mm-hmm. were stationed in Hetch Hetchy and then Tilto Valley, but I made it a lot to Tuolumne and okay. up to the north end and right like PCT. A lot and, of weekend hikes? Oh, yes. What was your most memorable? Um, we <clears throat> did four peaks in a row. Like um, We hit Haystack and a couple others that are all, they're like within hiking distance. So you, pop up on the ridge line and then just hit peak after peak and wow. it was wonderful right on yeah just north um, end of the park how would you describe the scenery up there gorgeous just yeah. it's breathtaking because you can look up to the eastern side and like look north and you can see how the the rock changes like in terms of what the mountains are made of mm-hmm. and i love seeing the transition i mean it's super quick like once you're out of the park it's not granted anymore pretty wow. much wow wow I love that. Cool. Right on. Um, well, did you have any surprises over the summer? Like uh, when people, they, they get ideas of what the backcountry is going to be like, and then you get there and find out. It, it's very socially challenging. Yeah. You have to really get over yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just kind of embrace it and um, just roll with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Okay. What was your biggest challenge? Hmm. That's a good one. I think just realizing I'm here right now and stop focusing on like things afterwards and just like focus on learning to just think of my crew first instead of my goals and desires. Okay. So. 
What's your biggest takeaway going to be? Hmm. I guess learning to be more selfless. Um, I can live a very selfish life and just do things that I want to do mm -hmm. in the outside world. Okay. Um, and this was a very like forced environment of like you're with these people day in and day out. Yeah. Like, and also too like realizing like even if you have grudges or things against people, knowing that you can just like let it slide like water and just keep going because I mean you're living in tight quarters and. It's like sailing too, like on a ship or something. Mm -hmm. Like this is your crew, and if if you have problems with them and you don't get past, it keeps getting brought up. So yeah. like, why not just let every like let things slide or work through things as soon as possible and just keep going forward together. Sure. sure. So what kind of work did you do back there? Well, we did a lot of maintenance and then some rock projects. Okay. What's the, the difference between maintenance and rock projects? Um, maintenance is clearing the trail, so lots of um, lopping, which is just cutting. Cutting things out of the trail, mm -hmm. logging, log outs, and just cutting fallen trees that are across, uh -huh. clearing it up. And then rock work is building steps and drains and things okay. to help uh, the mules get through better. Okay, so. all right. Did you have a favorite type of work? I love the rock work. All I right. love that kind of just really having to think about what you're doing. All right. So, so how, do you, how do you build a step? Uh, well, you just look for rocks. Um, what we did in our project is like the bigger the better. And you look for ones that at the very top of the rock on all sides, it kind of juts out more. And that way you can bump it up and get, it's called like high linear contact. And you want your rock to line up as much as you can on the very top to the next rock that's laid in. So you drop your step in after you find it, and then you just take pincher rocks, which are just like heavy rocks that'll fit in on the sides to weigh it down and you just pop them in. So there's a real technique to this. It's not yeah. just digging a hole and plopping a rock in. No, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Um, so where do you go from here? Um, I'm going back to the coast in Wilmington. Okay. Um, there was a hurricane that just hit. Right. And um, that was the city I was living in, so there's lots of damage there. Okay. So I'm going to go back and start rebuilding, helping with the rebuild. Okay. Um, any words of wisdom for anybody thinking about doing the program? Do it. <laughs> um, yeah, do it and yeah, get over yourself. Just embrace it and it's doable. Like, it's really hard. Yeah. But it's also not that hard. Like, you can do it. All right. So, yeah. was Dane Sheeler, the fiddle player for most of the music that you're going to be hearing um, through this podcast that was recorded live at the Bad Country Debriefing. Dane, you, you could hear his fiddle almost any time at debriefing, any, pretty regularly, you know, and it's one of the best things about debriefing. Um, I, I've heard comments from corners already that just hearing that fiddle just reminded them of being back at debriefing so much. And uh, thanks, Dane, for sharing your gift with all of us. I'd like to remind you that if you're a former member, if you've got CCC stories, we want to tell your stories here on CCC Hardcore because every core member has a story that deserves to be told. So if you get in touch with me with your story, um, you can write it down and send it to me at grinningdwarf at gmail.com or you can get a hold of me uh, by phone. Leave a voicemail for me at 530-410-4683. And I'm pretty rural. That's probably going to go to the voicemail when you call it. Uh, definitely leave a message, and I will get back to you. 
So now we're going to go on to our next interview. Um, Robert Slack uh, is a uh, veteran of the U.S. Army uh, who uh, looks like he's found a home in the CCC and doing fisheries work. And so let's hear from Robert. All right, so your name? Robert Slack. Okay, and you were on which crew? I am on the Trinity Shasta Trinity Trail crew. Okay, what did you do before backcountry? I worked for the CCC as a NOAA fisheries veteran. Okay, what's a NOAA fisheries veteran? Uh, NOAA partnered with the CCC in giving uh, veterans who are returning home the opportunity to work in, uh, in the fisheries career realm, okay. and uh, so they pay part of my check as well as the CCC. And okay. I get to work with uh, uh, California Department of Fish and Wildlife as well as the city. Okay, and NOAA is? Uh, National Ocean National Oceanic Atmospheric Agency. Okay. Administration. All right, close enough. We get the idea. All yes. right. Um, so, how, so how did you find out about the backcountry program? I actually knew about the backcountry program before I had joined the CCC, and that was one of the reasons why I had joined the CCC, okay. to do the backcountry program. All right. Was it what you expected? No, not at all. What surprised you? Um, the major community aspect of it mm -hmm. is a lot larger than I had anticipated it to be. I really thought it was going to be learn the foundations of trail work and get to backpack through the summer season throughout mm -hmm. a wilderness area. But yeah. it was more uh, learning about yourself and bettering yourself as a community member. All right, cool. So where, where were, did you work in the trainees? Uh, <coughs> I got to work in the Coffee Creek area uh, at Goldfield, uh, camp that was our front country area, and then our back country area was off of Union Creek Trailhead at the base of Battle Canyon Scramble. Okay, uh, what kind of work did you do? Uh, we got to do some logouts, some maintenance, uh, trail construction with two uh, reroutes, and uh, trail rehabilitation, uh, decommissioning the old trail system. Oh, okay. What? What trails did you decommission? I don't hear about that very often. No, we uh, we actually decommissioned part of the Parker Pass mm -hmm. uh, trail where we built our second reroute. Um, and uh, so our second reroute is open. It uh, goes around the meadow of Parker Pass instead of through it. Okay. And uh, so we rehab that. Why is that important for a trail to go around a meadow instead of through it? And within the wilderness, you want to have a leave no trace policy and um, traipsing through a, a meadow constantly really uh, impacts the environment and uh, really uh, puts a like detriment onto the wildlife and, and the flora and fauna. That are there. So, uh, going around the meadow and being able to see it and enjoy it is better than walking through it and destroying the potential beauty of it. All right, cool. Um, so, what are your some of your memorable weekend events, hikes? My memorable weekend event and hikes would have to be uh, my very first weekend. I went out to Big Bear Lake with uh, four other individuals. I got to watch the sunrise over Shasta in the wee hours of the morning, and that was amazing. Big Bear Lake is fantastic. 
um, as well as doing the Four Lake Loop. Uh, that was a 32-mile weekend, um, and uh, we got to go over like four, diff- four or five different passes and uh, peaked two... Uh, hit two peaks and uh, got to see I think five different lakes. That cool, yeah, right on. It was right awesome. On. Um, so where do you go from here? Uh, my plan is to go back to the CCC work fisheries, uh, finish up a project that's going on there while applying for fisheries positions and uh, trail positions for the summer. Okay. Um, any places in particular you'd like to go? Uh, I'd really like to work back up in the Trinity area for sure. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, any words of wisdom for anybody thinking about joining the program? Don't think about it. Just do it. Um, <laughs> if you put your mind to it and give your best, uh, your crew won't let you fail. Right on. Right on. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, just thank you for the experience, and I think that everybody should experience it. <laughs> That was Robert Slack with the Shasta Trinity crew, and he told us about some programs that um, AmeriCorps and the CCC have for veterans uh, from the military. And that's just one of the many programs that AmeriCorps and the CCC offer. Um, you can find out more. I'll post links to the CCC stuff on our show notes, and uh, you can go to the website and you can see those there. Robert also talked to us about a little bit of trail building philosophy. Um, he talked about having to do the reroute around the meadow. Um, one of the reasons why uh, we spend time back here working on trails and building trails is to help preserve the environment. We, we want to help people get back there to see these beautiful things, but at the same time, we also want to preserve the environment. We want to we want to keep it looking good and uh, like it's supposed to for the people who take the time to go back there and look at it. One of the hazards with getting a lot of people into the backcountry is heavy traffic. And when you have a trail through a meadow, um, meadows are beautiful. People love to look at them, like to walk through them. And a lot of early trails went straight through meadows. But what happened is you get people walking, you know, on a line through a meadow. And you get enough people walking on that line and you get a rut. It'll, It'll just wear down the dirt. When you get a rut... That's a low spot now, and it's going to collect water. And when you get water collecting in a rut through a meadow, you get mud. And nobody wants to walk through mud. Nobody wants to get their feet wet. So after a while, people come up and they see the muddy trail. They walk next to it to keep their feet dry, which is reasonable. And you get enough people walking alongside the trail. Pretty soon, you get another rut. And then that rut fills with mud. And then people start walking next to that rut. And it's okay for a while, but then you get another rut filled with mud. So one of the things that trail crews want to do is to go back and solve some of these problems. And there's different ways that you can solve these problems. You can reroute around the meadow, uh, like Robert's crew did. You could build a causeway through the meadow. But there's a lot, several different solutions to these problems. That's the reason these trail crews exist, um, to help people get back to these beautiful places so that people can experience them, while at the same time preserving the environmental integrity of the places that we want to go see. And now we hear from our next core member. So your name is? Alyssa Lynn Smith. Okay, and what crew are you on? Kings Canyon Trail. Okay, what did you do before backcountry? 
For backcountry, I was in the CCC in Ukiah Residential Center. I was the supply clerk there as a specialist. Okay. What did you do before the seas? Before the seas, I've been a dispatcher, a hairstylist, and a whole lot of other things. Wow. How did you find out about the CCC? I found out about the seas while I was a dispatcher. That was my job before it. I um, was basically just trying to get out of the situation I was in, and I applied on Indeed. Mm-hmm. And the recruiter, Mr. Basil Miranda, called me. <laughs> okay. It was about, I want to say, a few months before my birthday. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so you joined, you went to your center? Yes. And um, how did you, um, you find out about the backcountry program? I found out the backcountry program at first. When I was there, the backcountry people were coming back because I started in well, they're getting ready to go. I started in March, mm-hmm. and I made friends with some of the people who were about to go. So suddenly they were gone, and I learned about it from them. And then I learned about it again. Um, we call it the beginning of this year when Adam Zamasto came and did a presentation at Ukiah. Okay. And I did an interview there. <laughs> All right. Did it grab your attention right away, or did you? Or... At first, given the fact that I was two in-camp positions before, I started in kitchen and twin turned to supply, I didn't expect them to want someone who was in-camp and had no trail experience. Mm-hmm. So it caught my attention, but I didn't think it was for me at the time. Well, you applied for it anyway, right? Yes. <laughs> right on. You glad you did? Yes. <laughs> cool. So um, where were you at in Kings Canyon? In Kings Canyon, we started at Lewis Creek. It's a front country camp. There we worked at Comb Creek, right? Is that? I think it was Comb Creek. Then after about a month in front country, we moved on to Junction Meadow, and we stayed there for about two months. I'm sorry, my sense of time is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and then from Junction Meadow, we moved on to Charlotte Lake, which was our final camp. Okay. What was your favorite part of the season? My favorite part of the season is when me and three other crew members, we went to Granite Lake. We climbed some pretty harsh trails to get there mm-hmm. and it was absolutely beautiful it was a glacier melt lake in this very crystal clear water best tasting water I've ever had wow wow it's good um what kind of work did you do in kings in kings we mostly did rock work fixing steps a lot of the things we worked on were things that kind of needed repair mm-hmm. our first big project was actually a huge washout at comb creek like the whole trail was just obliterated by like a rainstorm there's just wood and things everywhere mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time rebuilding the structure and making it safer because <laughs> there's no way to cross Comb Creek. It's just bad over there. Yeah. Okay. So it was mostly what I'd call rock work with like repair walk rock work. That's okay. what it was. All right. How did you like the rock work? I liked the rock work a lot. Um, I mentioned during affirmations about Suzanne, who's around the same size as me. She was able to move rocks like twice her size, three times her size, with just the rock bar knowing the right techniques. Mm-hmm. And seeing that motivate me as just kind of a scrawny chicken arm person yeah. to do the same. I wasn't scared of him anymore. I was careful, but I wasn't, yeah. like, fearful of not being able to do the work. You just got to work smarter, not yeah. harder. Yeah, exactly, so she would say it. Yeah, right on. Um, were, were there any surprises for you during the season? Think- like, go ahead. Hmm. Biggest surprise was just how goofy everyone was. <laughs> everyone was very silly. I think it's because the work made them so exhausted. That's oh. what they wanted to do that get relief, which is be very silly. Okay. I expected people would be super serious and gung-ho, but a lot of them were just like, well, this is weird. And they were just... I think seeing all the different styles of humor in one crew was very interesting. Pretty cool. Yeah. What was your biggest challenge in the season? My biggest challenge was actually the community. I'm an extreme introvert, usually. And I don't really 
like interacting with people because I'm not sure what to expect. But there you're forced to, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. You have to communicate with people, and I think that's really good for people who aren't sure how to approach a crowd or are worried about what other people think. Being put in that situation makes you work on your hardest thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so where do you go from here? From here, I plan on transferring to Fortuna Center. I definitely going to miss Ukiah, but I want to be able to go to the College of the Redwoods there. I have a, I'm working on an AA degree in criminal law, so I want to finish that. <laughs> and then hopefully after I graduate March 2019, go on to study entomology at Humboldt. Oh, University. cool. Yep. Right on. Um, any words of wisdom for anybody who might be thinking about joining the CE, joining the, doing a backcountry program? My words of wisdom is talk to the people who make you most uncomfortable. <laughs> That's how you learn the most. It sounds challenging. It is. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I learned the most that way. Cool. Um, do you have anything else you want to say? Um, just whenever something, opportunity shows itself and it's super easy to take it, even if you're not interested in it or don't think you have the know-how, just apply to it anyway. That's mm-hmm. what I did. Yeah. I was taught that by my grandma, just take that chance, grab it. I was also taught by her just to, this is the time and age to travel. Like, start now instead of later. Yeah. You'll probably go on more, maybe risky adventures, but you'll probably get a lot more out of it, too. Yeah. That way. Cool. Right on. Yeah. Well, thanks for chatting. That was core member Alyssa Smith, and she had been on the back on the uh, Kings Canyon backcountry trail crew. And when you hear about backcountry trail workers, um, lots of times people have an image that comes to mind of somebody who's big and strong and fast. Um, what other kind of person is going to be you know living out of a tent at ten thousand feet, um, busting rock, uh, hiking fast on the trails? Um, Alyssa, Alyssa's not a very big person. And one of the things that the backcountry program does best is blow up stereotypes of who you think may or may not thrive on a, on a, on a, on a trail crew. And one of the things you find out is that motivation and drive and character and heart matter at least as much as physical strength and speed. Um, you heard Alyssa mention her supervisor, National Park Service supervisor on that crew was also a woman who is not very big but she's been doing this a lot of years and she's smart um learned how to work smarter not harder and that benefits in a lot of ways um you if you work smarter instead of harder it helps you to avoid injury it helps you stay in the game a lot longer it makes you a more effective worker um, and so it's one of the things i like best about the backcountry program is that we we blow up stereotypes of what a backcountry type is. And our next interview is going to be with another person who kind of blew up a backcountry stereotype. Okay, your name is? Ann Hiley-Smith. How did your affiliation with the backcountry start? Was it through the CCC or AmeriCorps? I started through the backcountry trails program. Okay, did you hire from AmeriCorps? Yeah, I was a web hire, so okay. through AmeriCorps. So what did you do before the backcountry? Before backcountry, I had just graduated college, and I was working my first marketing job in Buffalo, New York. Okay. Um, I was about to become head of the department at about 22 years old, 
And I decided that I, there had to be more to life than this. And I sent out a plea to the universe. And <laughs> I, think, I think it Backcountry found me. All right. So, I mean, how did you find out about the program? I got an, I got an email one morning. Um, and it was like, do you want to work in the backcountry? And I was like, what's a backcountry? So I kind of probed around a little bit. I sent the email to my mom. I'm like, what do you think about that? And she's like, apply right now. <laughs> and there was about two weeks left of the deadline to apply. And got all the application together, as genuine answered as I could, got all my references together and just was like, all right, I think this is it. Like, this is the thing I'm applying for. This is the thing that's different and it's going to change my life. I know it and I don't know how. All right. All right. So which crew were you on? I was on the 2014 Stanislaus crew with Adam Samistel. Okay. Um, where were we at in Stanislaus? Uh, we started off in Big Basin State Park, which is outside of Santa Cruz. And then we moved on to the Yolaboli Middle Eel Wilderness, which is outside of Red Bluff, California. And then we moved to the Stanislaus National Forest when we worked in the immigrant wilderness. Those are three pretty di- different areas. Extremely different. So what's Big Basin like? Big Basin has a lot of redwoods. It's very coastal. Mm-hmm. Um, so our camp was right off the ocean. We could hear the elephant seals at night and hear the waves crashing. Wow. And, uh, worked along a lot of poison oak. Uh, it was a lot of brushing, a lot of uh, putting in bridges. Um, yeah, just towering redwood trees. But then we go up onto these like high ridges. Um, not too high because you're still near the ocean, yeah. but um, we go up onto these ridges and we made a brand new trail from scratch with a bunch of manzanita uh-huh. poking you every day and digging hard dirt. And what kind of materials do you use on trails in Big Basin? What do you mean? Uh, like rock or? Um, no, we just you just dig. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, you, just, you just dig it all out. Okay. Do you ever use any split redwood or anything? Um, that's just for the bridges. Okay. But yeah, we have uh, we would carry up redwood planks from the bottom to the top just to fill in mm-hmm. some, fix some bridges. And okay, all so right. So that was pretty neat. So what were the Yola Bullies like? Yola Bullies were rugged. Yeah. <laughs> that was some very rugged country. Um, it was, it was steep. It was hot. It was dry, and you would go and we'd, we'd have to find a trail where the trail had been burned out. Ten years earlier, no one had come in and fixed it. So we were basically, even though we were technically rehabbing trail, we were making new trail. Again, just digging in the dirt, using McLeod's, just pulling, scraping, just trying to find our way after we had a log-out crew going for miles, Uh like minimum about six miles a day they were running. And by the time we got to the end of the trail, they were doing like almost um, about 12 total in a day, maybe more. and it was just, we call it, it was part of, um, it's called Devil's Hole, and it certainly felt like it. <laughs> wow. So from the Yola Bullies, you went up to the stand. Yeah, we went to the stand, and uh, the stand was very, very different. Granite, it just felt prehistoric. Mm. It was so different for me being from New York City. I just yeah. looked around for the first time, like, whoa, I've never been anywhere like this before. Yeah. And um, it's absolutely beautiful, and you can just see ranges for miles, mm. and um yeah, we built, we did a, uh, a lot of rock projects. So mm-hmm. this is when we started getting into rock work. Um, so we're just literally building, fixing all the eroded trail, filling it in with rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
making bigger rocks into smaller rocks and putting smaller rocks into small holes to fill holes of rocks. It's crazy. Wow. This rock work is very intense that way. Wow. Um, just it's a puzzle piece of, of rocks that you have to fit into these um, crazy spaces and make sure that the rise over run is correct so that we get the proper grade and all this stuff. And my crewmate and I even built like this rip riprap staircase, like 13 steps that went up and around a corner mm-hmm. just out of rock. And what is, what is riprap? Riprap is just like, um, so if you have a, if you have a box, imagine a box of box of rocks mm-hmm. basically you just want it so that it fits into this step so it's just like a little puzzle so it's just like what you step on top of when you step up a staircase wow okay mm-hmm. um do you have any surprises that season everything everything <laughs> was surprising everything was new um i learned something new all the time about my season just it was four years ago mm-hmm. but at the time like i think maybe the most surprising thing it wasn't the work the work was hard and after a while you you get used to hard work Mm -hmm. and it's awesome that way Mm -hmm. i think a a surprising thing then was just how awesome everyone was because i had a very very thick shell and i was from new york and you know everyone's tough and mean and gruff Mm -hmm. and i definitely did not escape that so finding out that there were truly kind people that wanted to take care of you and I met some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life that oh. year. And I continue to in this line of work. Right on. Right on. What was your biggest challenge for that summer? Um, I had a few. I was the slowest hiker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't like not being good at stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was very challenging for me. Yeah. Um, so being the slowest hiker, people were just blowing by me. And I'm like, why am I not good enough? Why am I not up there with them I can do this I can do this and uh, so meeting that challenge head on of like no there are people that are better than you at stuff and that's okay just mm-hmm. get better yeah. you know push yourself all the time so that yeah. was one challenge and another challenge was the personalities on the crew mm-hmm. um, I was one of those personalities strong personality uh, tough to deal with New Yorker <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I wasn't the only New Yorker on the crew oh. <laughs> but I was in my eyes, the least abrasive of the two. <laughs> so our poor crew. Um, but just learning how to deal with different personalities, different kinds of people. Um, I, I learned so much just from everyone and that everyone had something to give. Everyone like will love you unconditionally if you, if you give them the chance, if you let them well, in. Well, um, it's powerful stuff there. <laughs> yeah. I've, had a, I've had a couple years to think about it. Right. And uh, working with core members, you see them. You know, mm-hmm. you see where they were, you see the similarities, and you're like, I can, I've, I've done that. I know yeah. where you are. Like, I can yeah. help you. Yeah, no, and yeah. so it actually helps you also step back and think about it from, like, a teaching standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah. Like, there's, there's things that you're doing right now that I recognize, and mm-hmm. I can help you if you want to listen. Like, wow. I, have, I have a story for that. Wow. <laughs> right on. So what did you do after your season? Uh, after my season, um, I kind of traveled around a little bit and then I stayed with a friend in LA and I made the poor decisions of going from city to city to city um, from like San Francisco to LA and then I moved back home Um, my dad wanted me to come home for a little bit I was like okay but next thing you know I'm out of here I'm going back to California I found something I love Um, 
and I did. It took me a while. I mm-hmm. went back and I did another marketing job. So now I've sold my soul twice. So I don't I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, but I saved up a bunch of money, and then I was just hell bent on getting out of there. I was yeah. like, I'm going back to the mountains. It's where I find peace. And I, I know that. That was all I knew. But mm-hmm. I was like, I just have to go back. And uh, so I ended up um, six months later back in Idaho as a wilderness ranger right. for the season. Right. I've been in the mountains every summer since except this one. So what are you doing now? Right now I am the program assistant for the Backcountry Trails program. Okay. Um, so I go around and I, I'll travel to cruise about maybe once a month for a week, so about 25% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm not cooking or supervising or going out and I do interviews with the crews and try to get um, kind of like just like the, the legacy of our program, I try to tell their stories sure. um, as well through video and okay. pictures and try to get um, you know marketing material that way. I also do some miscellaneous office work. I make sure all the vehicles are in order. I make sure everything at the office is running smoothly. I mm-hmm. prepare for orientation. I prepare for debriefing. I make sure that Carlson, our director, and Adam, our program coordinator, and Aaron, our AmeriCorps coordinator, all have everything squared away that they need done so they can do their job the best they can. Right on. It's my right. crew. Right on. Right on. <laughs> and so is this a permanent position? Uh, this is actually a special core member position okay. within the CCC. Okay. So I'm full-time year-round. Okay. All right. I was going to say, so where do you go from here? I guess you go back to Fortuna and I start go, working on the next season, huh? Yeah, I go back to the office, <laughs> and right. I try to fight the, the urge to just keep wishing that the, the crews were here and yeah. just missing them. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next season. Um, we're going to get everything in order from from our season this right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, moving forward, I'll be helping Adam with recruitment. Okay. Which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I'll be helping him go out to the cruise, go out, I mean, sorry, the centers. And um, we'll just be putting on the presentations, doing interviews. Mm-hmm. So basically just just like, hey, come come join us. Come see what this is about. If this is for you, you'll know. Right on. You know? Right so. on. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say that I didn't ask you about? This program saved my life. Wow. It absolutely saved my life. I was in a very terrible place mentally and getting to be outside getting to be in nature from a girl that grew up in New York City it was such a like life-changing life-saving opportunity to get to be around people who really really cared to be around people Mm -hmm. who thought you mattered and cared about you and wanted to get to know you to do hard work that just made you hurt every day to know that if you can push yourself through this program, through this work, through this lifestyle with people that you never thought you'd talk to in your entire life, mm-hmm. then you can do anything. Yeah. You can do absolutely anything yeah. if you can do this. Yeah. And that is empowering. It is. Thanks for chatting with That was Anne Hiley Smith, a former backcountry coroner who is now employed by the backcountry program. Um, and uh, said some pretty emotional things. Um, she put it, stated it pretty boldly uh, when she said that the backcountry program saved her life. And uh, that is stating it pretty boldly, but that sentiment 
isn't too far off the mark for a lot of people who make it through a backcountry season. Um, there's no way you could make it through a backcountry season and not be come up changed on the other side somehow. Um, there's the obvious um, place to growth in the, the physicality of it. Uh, you're going to get stronger. You're going to get faster. You're going to learn to live in harsh conditions. You're going to learn to live in the heat and the cold and the wet. And you're going to learn all that stuff. And people expect that when they go to the backcountry. But you're also going to be challenged um, and you're going to grow as a community. Because you're going to be spending five months with the same 15 or so people. And there isn't going to be any place for you to hide. At the end of the day, uh, you don't punch the clock and then go home and get to blow off steam with your other friends that you haven't just spent the last eight hours with. You come into camp at the end of the day. Uh, you empty out your day pack. Uh, you wash your hands. There's camp chores to do. There's dinner to be made. There's dishes to be washed. And it's relentless. It's five months with the same people. And you learn... Um, how to address things. You can't hide from things. Um, and you really grow as a community. You learn to be a community player. A season on a backcountry trail crew can also lead to jobs. Uh, you heard Anne uh, before she came back to work for the CCC. Uh, spent some time as a wilderness ranger. Uh, you hear a lot of people in wilderness jobs in the West who got their first mountain experience on a backcountry trail crew with the seas. Uh, you can find them working with state parks, with National Forest Service, uh, National Park Service, local parks, uh, regional parks, all over the place. And in fact, we're going to be hearing a couple of interviews later on uh, with former backcountry corners who now uh, are sponsors and work in the field for other agencies. We're going to hear from a couple of them. Um, and so, uh, hopefully, hearing these stories, if you're a former cornerer, um, they kind of get the old stories uh, kind of flowing through your head, and you want to talk about them, and um, you want to get them out there, and you want to get them down, I'd love to talk to you about them. Um, if you're a former cornerer, it doesn't even have to be a backcountry cornerer, um, and any former cornerer who wants to tell your story, um, that's what we're here for. I want to help you tell your stories. Um, so you can contact me in one of several ways. You can send me a, an email um, to grinningdwarf at gmail.com or you can send me a, a text or you can call me at 530-410-4683. Uh, and I'm pretty rural. That's almost certainly going to go to voicemail. Uh, leave a message. You have to leave a message. Um, and I will get back to you. We're on Facebook, you can contact me through Facebook. Uh, the group is CCC Hardcore, CCC colon Hardcore, that's C-O-R-P-S, uh, just like at the end of the California Conservation Corps. And I'm not sure how you're accessing this podcast right now. Uh, there are links on the blog at ccchardcore.wordpress.com. Uh, I've also, it's hosted on Podbean. That's what I've been using, and that's the only way it's been available. Uh, I've expanded now, so we're also available on Spotify and iTunes. So you can look for us pretty much anywhere where you find already listening to your favorite podcasts. Um, contact me uh, so that we can tell your story. We can write your story out. 
or um, can contact you somehow and we can record something audio. Uh, but we, I want to get these stories out because they're important stories. And, you know, the, the older we get and the more of us go, uh, the stories are going to leave. We want to preserve these stories for everybody um, forever. I, I think they should be preserved forever. Um, so with that, um, we're going to be signing off here. Uh, look for some more backcountry stories next week. Um, interesting thing with the technical difficulties that I had and finally getting back to it. I'm just getting these stories of the 2018 backcountry season up right before the 2019 backcountry trail crews are going to report. And we'll be getting into the 2019 season here uh, in the next few weeks. And I think we're going to go out today with some Tall Pines music. Uh, it's been a while since we've heard from the Tall Pines, and I, I really like their stuff. Um, they've been releasing some new singles. Um, they're available on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, they have a website, uh, thetallpines.com. Uh, so check them out. I think you'll really like their stuff, too. So uh, let's fade out with the Tall Pines. Tall Pines.